2: From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, this is Forum. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Scott Schaefer. And today, from Mina Kim, well, it's that time again when millions of people make resolutions for the New Year. And it's safe to say that many of us will resolve to get in shape, or at least exercise more. But how do you stick with your resolution? And how do you get fit without hurting yourself? Whether your goal is just to sit less and move more, or participate in a triathlon, we'll get expert guidance for getting fit in 2022 without throwing in the towel. And we want to hear from you. What's your get in shape resolution for the new year? And how are you going to stick with it? That's next on Forum, right after the news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer, KQED's politics editor, and today for Mina Kim. Okay, so ready or not, 2022 is here, and for many of us, the new year will bring renewed resolve to get in shape, exercise more, that kind of thing. And by the way, that is a good idea because most Americans don't get enough physical activity for their age group. But the question is, how do you stick with your New Year's resolution? And how do you get fit without hurting yourself? Well, whether your goal is to just sit less and move more, lose a bit of weight, or participate in a triathlon... We've got you covered this hour with some expert advice for getting fit in 2022. Joining us are Dr. Carlin Center, She directs the Primary Care Sports Medicine Service at UCSF. And Maxine Young, she's a registered dietitian, personal trainer, and board-certified health and wellness coach. Welcome to both of you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
1: Happy to be here. Well, here. thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, you bet. Thanks for being here. Well, Doctor Center, let me begin with you. Um, what advice, big picture? Now, do you have for someone who's thinking about, you know, maybe upping their exercise regimen to get in fit, lose weight, that kind of thing? What are some of the first things they should consider?
1: Uh, Scott, I think the first things to think about are really like why to exercise, I and mean, I think it's really exciting to think about all the benefits that exercise brings and I guess even taking us a, a further step back is to think about um, exercise versus physical activity and really exercise is one type of physical activity. Physical activity is a really all-encompassing um, category of activities that uh, can confer lots of health benefits. So I think the first thing to think about is, you know, what kinds of health benefits do I get from being physically active? Um, and being a sports medicine doctor, of course, I, I think I love talking about exercise. I love talking about physical activity because it really is physical activity, like one of the best medicines um, that we have.
2: Hmm. Well, that's an interesting distinction you make, exercise versus physical activity. So give us an example of, of each. I mean, I think we all know what exercise sure. is. You're, you go running, you know, you put on your running shoes and you go out. But physical activity is is what? Why, that? I guess that's one example of physical activity, right?
1: Right. So exercise. So when we think about physical activity, that's really any body movement that results in you expending energy. So that might be exercising, but it also might be gardening. It might be biking to work. And so exercise is a type of physical activity where it's planned, it's structured, it's repetitive with an intention to improve or maintain your physical fitness.
2: And why should one person think about one or the other? I mean, is there a reason not to think about exercise, but just uh, maybe start off by, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say, like you said, gardening or walking to the store if it's, you know, reasonably nearby, that kind of thing?
1: Well, we know from all the studies done that, you know, physical activity confers lots of health benefits. So I think, you know, as a physician, I'm always thinking about, well, you know, what am I going to prescribe? What do I recommend? I think the most bang for your buck is with cardio. So the vast majority of evidence around physical activity really has to do with cardiovascular activity. So if I were talking to you about, um, you know, something to choose the first, uh, there are really four types of, of physical activity, cardio, strength, balance, and flexibility. And if you were uh, open-minded and really wanted me to suggest something, I would say cardio. Now. The other thing I would do is ask you what you like to do, because it turns out that if you do what I want you to do, it's less (laughs) likely that you're going to keep doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm,
3: mm -hmm.
1: So it's probably more uh, important to think about your physical activity in the context of what makes you excited.
2: And Maxine, now let me bring you into this. And I want to, first of all, feel free to comment on anything that you just heard there. But also, what about timing? I mean, I think a lot of people make New Year's resolutions, you know, toward the end of the year and think, okay, January 1st. I'm going to start doing X, Y, Z. Is that the best timing necessarily?
4: Uh, No, not necessarily. (laughs) If you think about it, you know, we've just come off of some really busy weeks for most people. And so, you know, this may be your first day back at work. You might have a lot of catching up to do, getting kids back in school. And so, you know, you might need some time to kind of recuperate from that and feel a little more settled again. And so, you know, you have to feel ready. So if you told yourself you were going to go out and, And do X number of minutes, certain number of days right now, that might not be realistic right now. So I think kind of reflecting, you know, and giving yourself some time over the next couple of weeks to see, okay, when can I realistically start is probably a better option for most people.
2: Yeah. And I could see how... You know, getting to January 1st, it's New Year's Day, and you're thinking, well, I don't really feel like starting to go biking today. You know, I have a hangover or whatever it might be. It sets you up for failure in a way, right? Because right right off the bat, you're not doing what you resolve to do.
4: Absolutely. And, and think about it this year, it was on a Saturday. So most people <laughs> yeah. kind of relax anyways on Saturdays, right? So
2: yeah. yeah. And when it comes to some of the things that Dr. Center was talking about a moment ago, uh, choosing what to do, whether it's cardio or strength, flexibility, I mean, how do you help your clients, the people you work with decide what's best for them?
4: Yeah, when I'm working with people, we always kind of review the the benefits, the pros and cons of the different types of exercise. But for most people, when you're starting out trying to get back into a routine or starting one for the first time. Um, Just like Dr. Center said, you know, you want to find something that someone enjoys. So if someone does enjoy the weights a bit more, maybe you start there because the biggest thing is just trying to get someone consistent in the beginning. So if you can find something you like, you're more likely to stick with it. And then once you're in that routine of doing exercise more regularly, you can switch up what you're doing in that time or add on to it as Hmm. well.
2: And what about uh, the idea of doing something with a group of people versus doing it by yourself? I mean, I, I like to swim which is, you know, sort of a solitary thing, but I also play water polo, which is a group thing. For me, that's a good balance. But how do you help people think about that that, uh, that trade-off?
4: Yeah, that I leave completely up to someone's personal preferences. Some people do not like exercising with other people and some people can only go forward with it, with other people. So it really comes down to an individual's um, likes and dislikes. And so if someone thrives off of having like, people around them to motivate them or a bit of a challenge with other people, a bit of a competitive um, nature to their workouts, then I would encourage trying to find some more group-centered activities. But if you're someone who you know thrives on kind of doing things alone or prefers being alone with activity, then then we'd work on finding ones that fit for your Preferences
2: there. Yeah. And, I, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking also that if you decide you want to do something with a group, often that means you have to you have to go somewhere, you know, to a yoga studio or a gym or whatever, as opposed to doing it by yourself. Uh, you just have to, you know, get up and go do it. That's maybe one less reason not to do it. Right.
4: Yeah, I mean, especially nowadays with, you know, COVID cases kind of coming and calling
2: yeah.
4: um, people, you know, some things might be shut down, you might be less inclined to be around other people. Um, fortunately, though, virtual workouts and group programs have kind of taken off over the last couple of years. And so there are still are opportunities Um, You know, to participate in those kind of classes where you might just see people through a screen or, you know, there's a lot of um, places offering outdoor activities right now, too, which might be a better fit.
2: Yeah. If you're just joining us, I'm Scott Schaefer here today from Mina Kim and this hour of forum, we're talking about how to get fit and stick with it. Joining us, Dr. Carlin Center. she's Director of the Primary Care Sports Medicine Service at UCSF, and Maxine Young, she's a registered dietitian, personal trainer, and board-certified health and wellness coach. Dr. Center, let me ask you about personal factors like age um, or injuries, for example. Uh, How should those be factored in when people are deciding what to do or how much of it to do?
1: Our recommendations for uh, exercise and physical activity in the United States do vary by age. So the younger you are, the more physically active you you should be. Uh, for example, if you're under six, the recommendation is to do at least three hours a day of, of physical activity of all intensities. Um, if yeah, three, three,
2: three hours every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Three hours every day. If you're a (laughs) five-year-old.
2: Okay. If you're a five-year-old, all right. If you're a
1: five-year-old, but if you are a 65-year-old, uh, the recommendation is 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity cardio or 75 minutes a week of vigorous intensity cardio with strengthening two or more days a week.
2: Yeah, so if you're 65 or closer to 65 than five, uh, I mean, is it a good idea to sort of get some kind of physical, like, to make sure you're not going to hurt yourself or put yourself at risk?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and and this has really changed over the last probably 10, 15 years, um, which is to say, these days, if um, it, it's really a small percentage of adults who should consult with a physician or healthcare provider before exercising, and those adults are folks with uh, a history of diabetes or a history of um, heart disease, who plan on embarking on an intensive uh, physical activity program. So if I, you know, had a heart attack or a stroke, and I plan to start um, attending a spin class, that would be someone where I'd say, gosh, you know, I would want to talk to them about that first, and perhaps do some testing. Hmm.
5: Um,
1: but the vast majority of adults actually can embark on a physical activity program, especially if you start gradually without consulting first with a physician. The other caveat I would say is if you start exercising or if at rest you have something like um, chest pain or palpitations, that would be another reason to talk to your doctor first.
2: Yeah. And and Maxine Young, uh, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people took to bicycling or just walking in places like Golden Gate Park, where they closed off one of the major roads there. And often while riding my bike uh, to and from the ocean from where I live in the mission, you know, you'd see people who were clearly quite a bit overweight and, and they were out walking. And I thought, good for, you know, good for them. You know, they're really giving it a shot. And it's got to be a lot tougher to go from that to something that's, you know, reasonably in shape. I mean, to what extent does being out of shape, uh, you know, keep people from trying to get in shape because they don't want to be seen by other people or that kind of thing?
4: Yeah, I think that that can be a real challenge for some people. Um, You know, when I'm working with people, I try to encourage them to just not compare yourself to anybody. We see so many, uh, you know, these perfect visions on social media and other platforms. Um, And if people can really just, it's, it's hard, but try to just think of your own personal progress and give yourself credit for everything that you're doing. Um, you're more likely to succeed in that sense. Um, And really, because, you know, most people, everybody, I think, (laughs) probably gets a little self-conscious and and starts to think, oh, what are other people thinking about me? Um, And if you can tell yourself that everybody's doing that, it kind of normalizes that feeling a bit But I think, you know, you just, what you really need to do is just kind of find your inner motivation. I think Dr. Center touched on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Find out, you know, why does exercising, why is it important to you and why do you want to move forward? And that can kind of help, you know, you you stick with your goals despite some of those challenges like you mentioned.
2: exactly. All right, we're going to continue this topic, and we'll be bringing our listeners in very shortly, talking about getting fit in the new year, making a resolution, and sticking with it. Our guests will be sticking with us as well, and we'll be joined by someone else shortly. So we hope you stick around and get your questions ready, send your comments. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here today for Mina Kim. We're talking about getting in shape in the new year. Our guests are Dr. Carlin Center. She's director of the Primary Care Sports Medicine Service at UCSF. Also, Maxine Young. She's a registered dietitian, personal trainer, and board certified health and wellness coach. And we're joined now by Ruth Bell. She's a health program analyst for the Cardiovascular. Uh, and School of Public Health Unit under the Division of Chronic Disease and Injury Prevention. That's a, a real mouthful. It's at the L.A. County Department of Health. And Ruth Bell, welcome.
3: Thank you for having me. Good morning, everybody.
2: And before we bring our guests in, let me just give out the phone number. It's 866 6786 We'd love to hear from you about what you're thinking in terms of exercise, losing weight, making resolutions in the new year, Eight six six seven three three. Sixty-seven eighty-six, or you can reach us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or if you like, you can email us. It's forum at kqed.org. Ruth Bell, let me begin with you. Um, as somebody who works for a public health department in an urban county, largely urban county, LA, um, you know what are some of the special challenges that people have when it comes to finding exercise, getting exercise.
3: Uh, great question. We have a lot of open space here in LA County, which is good, but we are in an urban um, center, a very densely populated um, space. And though we have plenty of park space, some parks are underutilized. And underutilized for a variety of reasons. There are people who feel like they cannot get to a gym because they can't afford a gym. So we have parks that have a lot of outdoor gym equipment. So that's a space that people um, can use the quality of the outdoor space in some areas also is diminished so in more affluent areas the parks and the access to fitness is more readily available in the more urban center it's not so much
2: Hmm. And so that budget question, we didn't really talk about that in the first part of the hour. For a lot of people, that is a reality. And also time. I mean, people, a lot of, you know, working parents, single moms, uh, any number of folks just don't have the time. So in a county like Los Angeles, what are some of the options people have that, uh, or how can they find out about those options?
3: We have um, a great tool that we're developing. It's called Park Prescriptions. So we're developing a tool where people can go online and figure out where park spaces are. As I mentioned, we have a lot of parks that have outdoor gym equipment. Um, A lot of our parks also have free and reduced cost um, fitness instruction by fitness instructors. So they can go on our website once it's developed, it's still in the works, but we have um, our parks and recreation, the county parks and recreation department that has an onslaught of park information that's available and people can find information there.
2: All right, I want to bring our listeners in. Again, the number to call if you've got a question about getting in shape in the new year. If you recently got more active, share your tips for sticking with it. Give us a ring at 866-733-6786. Again, it's 866-733-6786. Or if you prefer, you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email us. It's forum at kqed.org. All right, let's go to the phones. And we're going to start in Richmond with Savala. Welcome.
6: Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm enjoying the conversation. Um, I just wanted to point out, though, that there's a little bit of unnecessary anti fat bias going on in the conversation that I think um, should be corrected. You know, it's possible to be quote unquote overweight or fat and quite in shape and metabolically healthy. And I'm an example of that. It's also possible to be someone who's quite thin and metabolically unhealthy or not in great shape. And um, I just, you know, I I just want to make sure that we're not conflating sort of cosmetic markers of, quote unquote, health with actual metabolic health. And um, I was just a little bit bothered by the, you know, the comment that seemed to suggest that the overweight, quote unquote, people in the park were struggling to work out. Um, you know, fitness comes in all shapes and sizes and thin does not equal fit and fat does not equal unfit. And I would love to just have that folded into the conversation and place of the kind of notes of anti-fat bias.
2: Yes. Of all that is a great point. And maybe, uh, Dr. Center, can you speak to that?
6: Absolutely.
1: I think that's a great point. Um, when we talk about physical activity, it, it actually is independent of body weight. And it's interesting that, um, Actually, lots of times patients come in asking me um, about, you know, recommendations around physical activity um, in order to lose weight. And and in fact, the benefits of physical activity are are independent of weight. And so it it doesn't, it's not a problem. Uh, You still get the benefits of cardiovascular fitness, diabetes reduction, reduction of eight types of cancer, reduction of the risk of cognitive impairment, regardless of one's body weight. Um, really, it's it's all about being as active as we can be, regardless of our shape or size.
2: Yeah, and I don't I don't know if uh, Savala was making this point or not, but I mean, all things being equal, uh, Doctor Center, I mean, it is healthier in general to be within you know sort of the uh, recommended weight for your height, right?
1: Um, when we talk about body weight, you know, when do you run into health risks? You run into health risks. Once you are in the uh, obese categories, so the, the uh, which we use typically BMI, though BMI does have limitations. Um, people who are um, classified as normal or um, above normal body weight don't carry as high a risk for things like cardiovascular disease and diabetes as folks who are in the obese category. Um, we, with respect to physical activity, we know that both, um, that obesity is a challenge for folks. And I think that, um, it, it, you know, studies would show that that's a barrier to physical activity. Um, and something that I think really needs to address needs to be addressed because as um, the listener points out, the benefits of physical activity are independent of your body weight.
5: Yeah.
2: So before I let you go, anything you want to add?
6: Line, I guess once more that, you know, you can be thin and have poor blood pressure, have diabetes, and you can be fat and not have these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the benefits of exercise, as the guests say, are, are independent of body weight. And I just want to, you know, sort of add to that, that you can become physically active and not have your body weight decrease, even as your markers of metabolic health Improve. So I think the more we can decouple um, ideas that are, you know, popular in the culture about fat bodies from health. The greater access we all have to health and the greater enjoyment we can all have of our bodies. Yeah. That's the only thing I would add.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. That, that's a great point. I appreciate the call. Um, Maxine, as you're talking with some of your clients about weight uh, and uh, goals, um, you, know, how do you how do you approach that? Or do you let them sort of lead the conversation? Because, uh, and I should just say, for some people, they want to gain weight, right? I mean, they want to gain muscle masses in particular.
4: Absolutely. And I'm going to apologize for not being clear with my previous response. But what I was trying to say before was that uh, everybody can be self-conscious regardless of, you know, where your baseline fitness level is, what your baseline weight is. That's what I was trying to state before is that it's not necessarily, you know, people who might have excess weight that they're more self-conscious or getting out there for the first time. That's not necessarily true. Um, When it comes to finding goals, I definitely let the person lead the path. Because I I don't know what's important for the person until we start having a conversation, and so, you know, through discussion and trying to find your inner motivation or you know your vision of how does fitness fit into your lifestyle, that's going to come from an individual, and that's going to be different for absolutely everybody. Yeah,
2: and Ruth Bell, as someone who thinks about uh, chronic disease, injury prevention, that sort of thing for the LA County Department of Public Health, um, anything you would add to that previous conversation with Savala in terms of uh, Uh, you know, trying to decouple, as she said, uh, you know, weight from exercise or fitness?
3: I would agree with the statement in this, from this standpoint. I too have struggled with my own personal weight and became a fitness instructor back in 2000 and felt a little bit self-conscious. But I saw a time where, being a fitness instructor did not matter. Your size didn't matter. There was a time when it when it did. And then as, as years passed by, um, that started to change. So I think culture started to kind of see that changing. Um, as far as health goes, I do agree that your health and your um metabolic markers are sort of independent of your weight. Um, and BMI may not necessarily always be the best way to to guide and to mark um, health. Your fitness levels impact that
0: more.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the phones. And I want to give out the number again, 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. And we're going to go next to Sharon, who's calling from Vallejo. Good morning.
6: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I work as a primary care nurse practitioner I am a big um, promoter of get up and go, and I emphasize, you know, low barrier to entry exercise and nutrition for my patients. My question um, for your guests are what resources are out there that I can access um, as far as patient education to give to my patients um, when they're leaving my visit? You know, as you all know, medical visits are not quite long enough to do all the education and health promotion that one would like to provide.
2: Yeah. Um, access to patient education. Um, maybe i will put that to Ruth Bell. I mean, maybe, I don't know if you can speak beyond your own county, LA County, but uh, in general, what are some good places to look?
3: It's a really great question. Um, some years ago, the American College of Sports Medicine embarked on a program or a practice called Exercises Medicine. And I mentioned earlier that we have exercise um, park prescriptions where physicians can recommend physical activity to their patients, especially patients dealing with chronic illnesses. So, The CDC also has a really great resource and a really great tool, Um, exercise, or excuse me, physical activity breaks for the workplace, and there are many links that we could share with you um, as far as active people, healthy nations, and, you know, where you can get information, but park prescriptions is a really good um, way for physicians to actually recommend physical activity in park settings for their patients and also the practice of exercise as medicine.
2: And again, where would they find that? Which is that CDC or where?
3: CDC website and um park parkrx.org.
2: Yeah. And of course, you don't have to live in LA County to uh, get good tips and links. So uh, w- w- does your own website would that be something that if you don't live in LA is is worth trying to uh, access? It is.
3: Our information is definitely general, and I will share a link to the public health. It's ph.la.county.gov.
2: Dot Did you say yes? Okay.
3: Ph like public health. Yep. Dot Los Angeles County or LA County dot
2: yeah. All right. Thanks, Sharon, for that call. And hopefully that was helpful to you. And Dr. Center, I want to go back to something that you said at the very beginning. You talked about four different kinds of sort of uh, fitness regimes. You mentioned cardio and uh, also you mentioned balance and flexibility along with f- uh, strength. So h- how how do you like sort of w- w- think about those four things? I mean, they're not mutually exclusive, of course.
1: No, no. Um they aren't mutually exclusive and, and sometimes, you know, you can, um, very efficiently achieve all four of those things together. But I guess when we think about, when I think about exercise, I think about, um, prescribing exercise because I think exercise, uh, when you look at exercise against many, many medications, pharmaceuticals, exercise beats medications, um, so many, so many times, but, um, but I think it's important if we're going to treat exercise, like, medicine or physical activity like medicine to really prescribe it, to be intentional about it. And so that's how, uh, you know, we think about these four categories uh, of physical activity, cardiovascular strength, balance, and flexibility. And then we think about um, modifying each of those. So if you say, well, gosh, I love um, walking. I live in a safe uh, neighborhood, but I want to increase my walking. So that would be um, thinking about your frequency, the other modifiers are intensity um, and time. So you might increase the number of days that you walk per week. You might increase the intensity of your walking or the duration that you walk. Um, I would only change one of those modifiers um, at a time. But mm. that's sort of broadly how I think about each of those parts.
2: Yeah. And, and Maxine Young, um, you know, some for some people, we have, we've talked mostly, I think, about physical health but mental health is so much uh, a part of it as well and you know for some people uh, things like mindfulness and meditation yoga are super helpful Um, how do you think about that as pairing that with some of the physical activity that you're working with your clients on
4: oh yes i would say that uh, almost any type of physical activity can (laughs) can benefit your mental health and there's a ton of research that supports that um oftentimes when people start exercising more, you know, I do hear reports of, oh, I feel better. I have more energy. I'm able to sleep better. Um, I just feel more confident um, or better able to manage my mood. And so, you know, whether or not it's intentional uh, meditation um, that you're doing separately uh, with exercise or just doing exercise, I think you can get benefits from both. Yeah. Yoga is a great one. Yoga that kind of combines it all together already. But I think that, for some people, you know, running could do that or walking or any mm. other um, type of exercise. Yeah. We got of a,
2: Excuse me, we've got a lot of good listener comments. Let me read some of those. Jesse writes, as a certified personal trainer, I would encourage anyone who has a serious desire to get fit or to move better to hire a professional to give them tools to make it easier to adhere to a new program, a designed program will also help prevent injury. And then Jack asks, are fitness monitoring bracelets really that helpful? What is the best way to use them? I guess he's alluding to things like the Apple Watch, the Fitbit, that sort of thing. Um, what 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 would you say about uh, that? Um, let's put that one to Maxine maybe.
4: Yeah, for, for some people the wearables, like the Apple Watch or a Fitbit, something like that can be very helpful. Um, some people thrive off of knowing kind of their numbers or tracking, you know, maybe their steps, how far they've run, how fast and seeing those numbers change over time for other people, though, I will say it doesn't work for them. <laughs> Sometimes those numbers are not motivating. So again, it just kind of comes back to, uh, individuals, you know, kind of preferences and what motivates them or not.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the phones now and let's go to Oakland next and Deborah, you're next.
7: Hi, my question is: um, I've heard of an expression called an active couch potato, <laughs> where somebody exercises every day for an hour, but the rest of the time they're completely sedentary. Um, can you comment on whether or not it makes a difference how 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 often you're active
1: during the day?
2: Hmm. Yeah, uh, Dr. Center.
6: Yes. Thanks
1: for that question. Uh, it's I think I think these days we should be thinking about. Uh, two things. One is physical activity and and the second is really avoiding being sedentary because there is a mounting um, amount of data showing that being sedentary is a major risk factor for uh, serious medical problems. And so uh, it's really both things. It's both um, getting exercise, so trying to improve your fitness, work out your muscles, and your heart being your biggest muscle, and and then avoiding sitting. So both things are important. Both things, if you avoid sitting and you exercise, both lower your risk of mortality among many other medical problems.
2: Yeah. All right. Thanks very much, Deborah, for that. And we've got a lot of other calls and comments to get to, and we're going to continue our conversation with our guests. And again, the number to call 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. Or you can reach us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at KQED Forum or email us. It's forum at kqed.org. Lots more to talk about, and we'd love to hear your thoughts about the new year, getting in shape, and how to stick with it. And welcome back to Forum. Scott Schaefer here today for Meena Kim. We're talking about getting fit in the new year, making resolutions, and sticking with them. Our guests are Ruth Bell. She's a health program analyst for the L.A. County Department of Public Health. Also, Maxine Young. She's a registered dietitian, personal trainer, and board-certified health and wellness coach. And Dr. Carlin Center. She's director of the Primary Care Sports Medicine Service at UCSF. If you want to call us, it's 866-733-678. Eighty-six, And let's uh, get some listener comments here. One listener writes, about two months ago, I started walking on both of my 10 minute breaks at work. It helped that I could see several other people at work doing the same thing. This was a huge encouragement to keep going. Also, just a couple of days ago, one of my high school classmates posted on Facebook looking for others to do a 60 day sugar avoidance. A bunch of my classmates have joined, and that is also a big encouragement. Um, Ruth Bell, talk about that, uh, you know, this sort of that group activity idea, you know, using uh, your colleagues, your friends, uh, your Facebook friends, whatever, to uh, help you stay motivated.
3: We've done that so much during um, our, my tenure at LA County. Just a couple years ago, we started in the Department of Public Health, a group walk called the Daily Mile. So Contrary to the name, the Daily Mile does not necessarily suggest walking a mile every day, but it does suggest taking a 15-minute break. So each time you take a 15-minute break and you walk pretty fast, you could potentially cover a mile in that 15 minutes. So staff at within um, L.A. County Department of Public Health, take a 15-minute break during their, you know, their two allotted breaks, and they go outside for a walk. Studies show that being outdoors, seeing nature, even if we're in an urban center, we can still see trees, we can still hear birds, we can just hear the, the, the normal noises and sounds, um, in, in our environment. And it gets us outside into the sun. Um, we have pretty good weather here in California. So most of the time we're able to walk, weather permitting. Um, but it's a great way to, to see people move and to be motivated. One of the things that we noticed too, we had several um, departments or divisions that kind of challenged each other And even within my own, I noticed when we were trying to promote the Daily Mile, initially people didn't walk as much. We put up a scoreboard (laughs) in our break room with stickers from, you know, little animated films and movies that people like. And it was it. Was the whole thing that that made a difference? Huh. People wanted their sticker.
2: <laughs> you never know what's going to motivate people. Um, and Dr. Center, to what extent are workplaces, of course, now it's everything's upside down with the pandemic. A lot of people are working from home, but uh, before that, and even now, you know, our, our workplaces getting more involved in employee fitness, like the kind of thing that uh, you know the the, the person uh, uh, commented about, you know, group walks and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I love I love hearing about that program at um, LA County. That's that's awesome. I think, as as Ruth Bell said, the data is out there. I mean, employers would be behooved to do this stuff because it really improves our ability to work. So it turns out, you know, if you um, are working all day and you don't take a break and get outside, you actually are less productive, and that's been borne out in different studies. But particularly with office workers. If they get outdoors during lunch, the second half of their day is just much more productive. So I think um, I think if workplaces are not doing this and not encouraging it, it's a great opportunity to really encourage some physical activity during the workday.
2: Yeah. All right. I'm going to go back to the phones again. It's 866-733-6786. And our next stop is Santa Barbara down on the Central Coast. Sally, welcome.
7: Hi. Thank you. I love this program. I'm actually a um health and fitness professional at the Santa Barbara City College and so it's just I'm so glad I've tuned into this. So thank you. Oh yeah. Um, Thanks for listening. I, I yes, I teach all ages and I um have worked with older adults and seniors for many, many years now. Actually I'm now a senior. So I'm curious what your um guests feel um or have suggestions for those older seniors, especially, without access to the Internet this last year and a half or two years, yeah. uh, the yeah. social aspect of interacting with others, you know, it's gone, of course, in person, but also it's really it can be really difficult. I have lost probably 60% of my students because yeah. they, well, no, not that many. They, some classes I have quite a few back, but quite a few of them just cannot. They, they won't or they can't. Get online besides Hmm. other marginalized groups like um, low income, et cetera. So, any suggestions from your guests on how to um, overcome that obstacle? And again, thank you for the program.
2: Yeah, thanks for calling. Uh, Ruth Bell, you want to take that?
3: Um, Thanks for the question. One of the things that I like to do, just personally, path of least resistance, is just putting on a good pair of walking shoes or a good pair of footwear and just. Heading outside, I know that it's not, um, it it it's not socialization, if you will. But if you are able to just walk outside, my treadmill is my sidewalk. Um, I get to meet people and I get to see people. It's an outdoor environment, so it still keeps you safe. You can still social distance. If there are parks, I know I keep mentioning parks, but if there are parks in in the neighborhood where people can access. Um, and you go to the park you'll start to see the same folks over and over and you can you know meet new people hopefully you have friends in your neighborhood that you can walk with but walking for me is the path of least resistance hmm,
2: so to speak uh dr center any other thoughts about uh, in particular older folks uh who you know may not be as uh computer savvy
1: I agree with what Ruth said as far as getting outdoors and and walking. I think that that's key. I think um, we know that COVID has decreased a lot of people's physical activity, in part for safety concerns. And so, getting outside and socially distanced and getting getting walking is really important. I think to maintain our um, you know ability to perform our acti- activities of daily living as we age. And um, secondly, I would say. Um, to these folks to consider working with somebody though. I acknowledge that um, there are barriers to that both with uh, finances as well as uh, COVID related safety and health concerns. Um, But to learn a few fundamental exercises that one can do uh, daily or three times a week to get strength training at home, I think is, um, is worth an investment. Hmm. And so thinking about things like um, rising from a chair, uh, which is a very functional activity and something we can practice at home. Uh, and other kind of basic strength training um, activities that, that really have a lot of bang for their buck.
2: And do you recommend any particular places to go online for those who do have access uh, for group uh, or Zooming or even recorded like on YouTube uh, exercise? I actually accessed, uh, I was having some problems with my lower back and uh, just exercised some. Uh, got some good stretches from uh, some website. I don't even remember what it was. And it actually helped my back a lot. So, yeah. um, you know, that was pretty easy.
1: Yeah, for folks who do have access to the internet, there are so many great resources. My my probably very favorite one is from the National Institute on Aging. If you if folks uh, look that up, the National Institute on Aging has a website called Go for Life, and it's four is in the number four, and this is a phenomenal website for elders who are interested in learning more about physical activity. Uh, they also have so they have the four categories. They have things about intensity. And they have short videos around strength training and cardio, meant for folks of all um, ability levels. So I, that's that's really my favorite one.
2: Yeah. All right, Sally. Thanks for that. And let's go now to Fremont and Lance. You're next. Welcome.
8: Hi. Um, my issue. I five months ago I had orthopedic trauma surgery from a bicycle crash, and. The importance of physical therapy is huge. Um, I'm riding my bike again. I've had uh, many injuries, five orthopedic surgeries, uh, various things, skiing, bicycling, hang gliding. Um, Doesn't sound like lack
2: of activity is your problem.
8: No, it's (laughs) not. But right now, it's very difficult. Hmm. Um, but I think that uh, that everyone ought to get out there, do it, find something fun. If you enjoy it, you'll do it. Um, I enjoy bicycling. I ski a lot. I ski one and a half, two and a half million vertical feet a year, not so far this year because of my injury. But I'm looking forward to getting back on it.
2: Yeah, thanks, Lance. Uh, Dr. Center, talk about that a little bit. You know, so many boomers, but others younger too, have injuries, you know, knees, hips, shoulders, you name it. Um, And the importance of getting, as Lance said, physical therapy, but also, you know, not letting that stop you.
1: Exactly. I think, and you can hear it in Lance's uh, voice that physical activity is like a major part of his sense, I think, of self. Um, and that's true for many of us. And so when that's taken away, it can be really hard. I think working with a physical therapist as you recover from a surgery uh, makes a lot of sense. And then, and then, you know, it, if it's a, not as severe an injury uh, to take a step back and to reduce your um, frequency, intensity, amount of time that you're spending on exercise. You have to, when you have an injury um, you have to let yourself recover, and otherwise you'll just get more injured or overtrained. And so, to recognize when you have something going on, uh, and then to rebuild back up. And typically, the rebuilding will say start it. This is sort of very ballpark, but to start at about half of what you were doing before. Uh, this is for adults, and to add no more than ten percent per week after that. So that's sort of like a you know rule of thumb is
2: yeah. All right. Uh, Thanks, Lance, for that. I'm going to read one quick comment because I think it's important. Steve writes, I worry about the reliance on BMI, the body mass index. I'm considered grossly obese based on my BMI, but looking at my body shape and waist to hip ratio, my doctors told me that I am only slightly overweight. Um, Real quick, because we are getting to the end of the hour, uh, Dr. Center, could you just uh, comment about on that, you know, not over relying on a number that is a calculation that is not always, you know, as informative as you'd like it to be?
1: Absolutely. That BMI does have limitations. It's really um, helpful from a population standpoint to understand risks, but at an individual standpoint, it may not be the most accurate way to look at your body composition. And so I think uh, as this person notes to Uh, recognize your own um, shape and size and your own strengths and weaknesses and not um, rely so much on on a BMI.
5: Yeah.
2: You're listening to Forum. This is Scott Schaefer in today for Mina Kim. I'm going to give out the phone number one more time. And uh, it's 866-733-6786. And we're going to go now to San Leandro and Walter. Welcome.
0: Welcome. Thank you. Um, One of the things that has been neglected in this is the importance of stretching, particularly before exercise, to uh, let the uh, tendons and uh, various elements, muscles and everything, get in shape for uh, the the coming exercise. This is something that I first learned in high school, and I am now in my, uh, let's say, upper 70s. (laughs) <laughs> and I have a uh,
2: daily stretching exercise that has served me very well over the years. Yeah, Maxine, I want you respond to that. I, I, I hear mixed things about stretching. Uh, like it really, you know, really helps you prevent injury, or well, it doesn't really matter. But if it makes you feel good, go ahead and do it. What are your thoughts?
4: I think for a lot of people, you can benefit. Um, if you are someone who does have more of a sedentary lifestyle, you're sitting at a desk all day working, uh, then yeah, stretching out can definitely help kind of get the blood flowing and loosen your your body or joints up. Um, there's mixed research actually on it, whether or not um, it's helpful to do before or after different types of exercise. So again, it'll just be dependent on what you're doing. Um, but it, it can be helpful. I mean, it does feel good. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. And I think it was one of the fundamental, um, one of the four f- forms of physical activity that Dr. Center mentioned as well. So it is, it is important. But when you do it, it can vary.
2: Yeah. All right. Walter, hope that helps. Thanks for the call. Let's get to some more comments here. Sherry tweets, I've been going to the gym three times a week since I was 40 doing cardio and weights. I'm 72 now. Is it still safe? Should I consult someone about changing my routine or varying my workout? Dr. Center, what do you think?
1: I think that's awesome. Uh, I don't hear any, you know, I don't hear any reason to change anything unless you're having some symptoms or trouble with the exercise.
2: Yeah, exactly. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, th- that said, I, so at that age, it's always a good idea, I think, to go to the doctor every now and then for a, just a checkup. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Uh, back to the phones now, and let's go to Oxnard. And Courtney, you're next.
5: Hi.
6: I just wanted to uh, make a comment for anyone who's having trouble, like
4: getting started with physical activity or exercise. I was listening to my local NPR station, a show called Hidden Brain. They had a segment about habit forming. And I think um, that's something really important um, just to consider if you're trying to get into something that you have to make it into a habit. Um, They were mentioning that a lot of people think it's just willpower to get started. But um, if you can form a habit, it makes it much easier.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, Maxine Young uh, certainly. When working with clients, you want them you want them to make those uh, that exercise, whatever it is they're doing, a habit, so they almost don't even have to think about it.
4: Absolutely, yeah. If you force yourself to do something, or you do something you're told to do, you're more likely not going to do it for the long run. Yeah, and so
2: yeah, exactly. All right, Courtney, thanks so much, and uh, let's see if we can get another couple callers in here, and we're going to go to San Francisco next. And Rick, you're next. Welcome. Oh.
0: Hi, I'm going to be 62 next month, and I had been, like this previous caller, going to the gym, weights and classes uh, for many, many years, uh, until uh, just before the pandemic, my twin brother, died of COVID um, Sorry. in December of uh, just before the vaccine came out. So that's when I put my gym membership on hold. But unfortunately, I didn't freeze my Costco membership. Gym membership was frozen, but not Costco. So <laughs> I gained 15 to 20 pounds. And I was just wondering if... Um, Uh, doing push-ups every day is okay. I've heard that you want to have a day between, you know, let your muscles rest, but then I've heard of Matthew McConaughey doing push-ups all day long and every day. (laughs) So what's the, what's the, what's, what are your thoughts there?
2: Yeah. Ruth Bell.
3: Well, the muscles can be worked in many different ways. You have muscular endurance and you have muscular strength. If you walk every day, it's really low impact that you're doing, but you're using your muscles and you're walking every day. So if you do push-ups every day, um, I'm not going to say that it's going to necessarily hurt you. But if you're starting to feel extremely sore and um, getting kind of like an overuse muscular um, feel, then you probably shouldn't. And it's okay to, to, to leave a day off because yeah. it's, a, it's a harder type of work or that your muscle is going through.
2: Yeah, Rick, thanks for that. And I think uh would it be correct to say uh, uh Maxine that just in general, if you if you if you feel either exhausted or something is sore the next day, maybe you need to back off a little bit.
4: Yes, yeah, I usually don't encourage doing the same muscle groups, you know, back to back. You want to rest a couple days in between to let yourself recover. Um but even sometimes taking a week or two off, you might find that when you get back into your routine, you have this increased burst of energy. So rest is good for the body. We shouldn't discredit
2: that. Yeah. All right. Well, lots for all of us to think about. And I guess the the bottom line is do something. It helps to just get up and start small if that's what it takes, but uh, always good to get moving. Thanks to all of our guests this hour, Dr. Carlin Center from UCSF's uh, Sports Medicine Service. Thanks also to Maxine Young, registered dietitian, personal trainer, and Ruth, Bell from the uh, Department of Public Health down in L.A. County. Thank you all very much for joining us. Happy New Year to you and uh, to all of our listeners as well for some great comments and uh, and questions as well. That does it for this hour of Forum. I'll be back tomorrow and uh, we're going to be talking about a new state law that will have all of us composting, separating out food scraps from the rest of the garbage and putting it perhaps in a green bin. That's tomorrow on Forum. I'm Scott Schaefer here today for Meena Kim. I'll be back tomorrow.